Michael Flux, Fluxwing Cantina is his YouTube, YouTube, iTunes name, and left us a review earlier this year. This is a little bit of a longer one than normal, but we hugely appreciate you guys leaving us reviews in iTunes. So if you make it through today's show and you get some value from it, please head over there. I'm going to read all of this out, but please don't think you guys have to leave us a review this long, but if you want to, feel free. This podcast has really helped me on my journey. A year ago, I was playing with the idea of starting a startup. I was never motivated enough to pursue it until now. During two weeks in December 2016, I went from episode one to 95 in Journeys to Work until I found myself not able to sleep with the ideas of wanting to act upon them. All thanks to you guys. They're not trying to sell you their products and there is no fluff. You get their good days and you get their bad days. You experience their emotional turmoil of having to run a business, be it while having a newborn or having to pull up on the side of a road to vomit while on the way to an important (laughs) business meeting. I forgot all about that. If you want a podcast about how easy it is to start a business, this one isn't for you. If you want a podcast that's updated regularly with open and honest hosts who are willing to answer your questions you send in and won't sugarcoat how difficult running your own business can be, then this is the podcast for you. Give the guys an hour of your time. You won't regret it. Michael. Hi, hello, and welcome to The Startup Diary, episode 163. 163, mate. By the way, just to address the that, numbers you, go by. Can you believe that review? It was a really good review. I else. can't, but I'll be really I'll be nice. Really, I'll be really honest. Is we've just started to look at iTunes reviews and actually look at them and pay attention to them because for some reason we we are still climbing the business rankings on podcasts, which is amazing. And it's obviously down to the ratings and reviews. Mm. That's the first time I've ever read that one. That's the first time I've ever seen it. It's so, first I've heard of it. So a huge thank you to Michael back back it's in really March. Really nice. Back in March. Anyway, you've got a question. Yes, I do. Uh, today's question, Adam, is uh, from uh, Richard. Uh, let me just get comfy. Uh, I'm just going to read it out and then we'll uh, dive straight into this. <coughs> Excuse me. Morning, Adam, Harry, Sarah. Wow. <laughs> I wanted to say I'm loving the show, mostly because it makes me feel less shitty when things are not going to plan. When I hear you say things like, business is hard, and your new phrase it's not all rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> I do I do like that one, to be honest. I've said that a lot. My question. I've been doing all the work myself for the last 18 months and just hired my first employee. I keep finding myself doing all the work and him having not a huge amount on as I am not taking the time to delegate. So it feels like I have wasted my time hiring this person, but I know I need to... Uh, I need to get the smaller, non-important tasks done by someone else so I can focus on the bigger stuff. How do you find time to manage your week and your employees? Is this something that you struggled with? Any advice would be great. Keep up the good work, Richard. So basically, uh, Richard's saying he's hired his new member of staff. Which congrats. Is, which is amazing. Congrats. Obviously, things are on the upwards. Um, yeah, delegating. Uh, you're a great delegator. You've always delegated since I've known you. Um, where really did, you, where did really, you learn that skill? It's really interesting you say that, you know, because I, <laughs> I because you've never done all days graft in your life. <laughs> <laughs> because I I genuinely really struggled um, in the early days to to delegate anything. And if honestly, if you still look at what I do day to day, there are so many things that I do that I shouldn't. 
just because I feel like I'm the only person in the business that can do it, even though that's incorrect. Um, so I, I, I feel for Richard because if you look at where we were early on in the business, like our first full-time hire was a chap called Ignacia, CTO. Mm. Um, and that, that was a forcing role though because we hired Ignacy because he did stuff that I couldn't. Um, so I didn't experience those issues with Ignacy. But if you if you, if you you go back to when we had uh, like Matt, Matt, Martin, and, and those guys joined the team. And that wasn't a, a stutter. That was no, no, Matt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt, Martin. Uh, and I feel terrible because there was two others in that mix. And I was going to go through the names. But uh, we had an influx of people where we did an internship. And we were going to hire one. We ended up hiring four. Um, and that's when I started to, to feel the same emotions that Richard's going through because um, I could do everything that that full team could do because they were very junior roles at the time, which was like two and a bit years ago now. And because I could do it all, I tended to do it all and I didn't delegate it out. And what I didn't do was do uh, correct training. I didn't get the guys, um, I didn't spend time and dedicate time from my calendar to physically train someone how to do a task so they could learn it and then mm. do it better than me. I either said, can you do A, B, C and not give any context to why and give them part of the project uh, where they should be looking after the whole thing. Uh, so I really failed to get the guys really helping adding value. Um, and I, I learned to improve that over the sort of six, nine months. But I remember coming to the office and being like, I've got all this stuff to do. Uh, I should get Matt to do that, Mark to do that and whatever. But then I thought, oh, by the time I've sat with them, and I've told them what to do and show them how to do it. I could have just done it myself, so I'll just do it my bloody self. And there was literally days where I know that some of the guys were like, Ugh, I haven't really got much on, what shall I do? And there's me just running around the office, like, arse is on fire trying to do everything. And I remember the exact feeling that Richard was going through, to be honest. like, yeah, it's, It sounds like you were given little tasks as yeah. opposed to, like, them leading the whole project. So they, they, yeah. so they can I gave them no responsibility yeah. like happy to admit it was a failure on my part uh, and don't get me wrong when new people come in especially in junior roles you don't give them full responsibility mm. you still like manage them and, and educate them and help them along the process but I didn't even do that I gave them like a little bite sized chunk that didn't really help because once I even got that I still needed to plug it into the project or whatever mm. I'm doing myself so uh, fully uh, appreciate where Richard is and I'll be honest it's probably only in the last six months and we're like nearly five years into the business that I've started to really understand like an onboarding process for team members. And the only person that I've really spent the time to do that with properly is Edie. Uh, and that's shown in terms of how we did the interview process, how we did the onboarding, how we how we did the KPIs and the role. Like the first, and that's, what's that, like four years into the business nearly, or three and a half years into the business. Um, and that's after we've, we're like a team of like nine. So uh, fully appreciate where Richard's coming from. Uh, and uh, the... There's a there was a podcast that I used to listen to. Uh, I've kind of I kind of went off it, uh, but the one thing that they they said it was the Fizzle podcast. Um, there's three guys on there, uh, Corbett Barr and some other chaps, and they were the first people that I heard of this thing uh, called. Um, so there's like two modes of work. There's CEO mode and there's worker B mode. And when I heard that, it hit home because I always I, I realized that I was always in just worker B mode. So worker B mode is you're working in the business, just doing projects, doing tasks. Whereas a CEO, if you look at what a CEO's job is, it's to pull resources together to make his business grow faster than he could do it himself, basically. So he brings in people, teams, processes that allows the business to scale faster 
compared to him as a solopreneur doing it all himself. So uh, like the CEO mode was working on strategy, working on process, working mm-hmm. on business. Uh, and then when you sort of look at it black and white, it feels like Richard is always in worker bee mode and never finding time to be in CEO mode. And uh, sort of like a, a very simple way to think about things and there's probably all the gray areas in the middle, but it's a nice way to look at your calendar and you say, okay, uh, when I'm doing tasks, I'm doing worker bee mode and when I'm building strategy and helping the team and helping those, uh, like if I would sit with you back in the day, I'm like, oh, here's how you do this thing on mm-hmm. Photoshop. Uh, like that is technically CEO mode because you're handing over that responsibility in the business and you're teaching someone that process. I think the first thing that Richard should do is literally... Um, put in his calendar for a day or a week whether he's doing CEO stuff or worker bee stuff and just look at his calendar and it'll probably alarm him a little bit uh, and his next stage is, is understanding that if he doesn't start his week off right uh, and plan his week uh, one for himself and two for his employee uh, then at the end of the week nothing's going to get done nothing of value is going to get done yeah he, he bet one, one of the questions he says is how do you find the time to manage your week and your employees and like the whole Monday sit down that we do allows us to structure the week ahead so yep. you're not just running around with a pile of tasks that need to get done that are all equally as important because you've not t- took a five minute chat to to really see what actually needs to be done and what, what can be left on the back burner. It's, it's a good point and maybe we'll just dig into that because it, it's, it's still a relatively new thing that we do mm. um, but every Monday now is I make sure I'm in the office to start with uh, and I think that's the key thing that uh, I think Richard again needs to um, one of the things that i like him to just take from what we do and see if it helps is there was a problem that I ran into before is when we tried to build some structure into the team in terms of like planning and strategy is we'd say, oh, okay, these days we'll do these things, but then obviously a meeting would come up and I'd always prioritize the meeting with a client or something above the strategy yeah. meetings. And that's just like counterintuitive. Like the, the time you spend with your team to build the strategy should be like gospel. It should be in the calendar and it has to happen. And I sort of now put those meetings or select ones of those meetings above client meetings. So a client will call me up and be like, oh, can we meet at uh, 10 o'clock on Monday? I've got this new project. And then it's, sorry, can't do 10 o'clock Monday, can we find another time that works for us both? Whereas before I'd always be like, let's move the, the team meeting because that's less important yeah. and it's really not. That's a really important thing that we do. Uh, so we meet every uh, Monday. Um, I, I probably meet with Edie. You guys fill in what you guys do for the week. Uh, sorry, the metrics from the previous week into yeah. our weekly tracker. Uh, and uh, because a lot of those are marketing and community driven, me and Edie run through those to see what's working and see what's not. And then I'll sit with Matthew regarding the website package and I'll sit with yourself. And the way that I work with Harry is Harry has a, uh, a board called his WIP, which is his work in progress on Trello. And we just did this the other day. It's like, sh- let's go through what you're doing and let's see exactly what's really important. Because there's two it's, things. It's funny how it's funny how things end up on a to-do list and they when you look at it at a glance, it's like, wow, that, that like, for example, I've got a task that, uh, a project that's quite large, um, for a partner, but it's not something that has any deadline. It's just something that we'd like to get done. Yep. But if you just leave it sitting there, we, if we didn't have that sit down and actually quantify whether it needs to be done, I'd be waste technically wasting time on it because there's far more important things to be doing. Exactly. And that's, that's the thing is there's, there's, there's making your to-do list, but every to-do list needs to have priorities because we sat down and it was like, okay, so, because I know what's important to the business and you know what's important in your to-do list, mm-hmm. 
but there's a middle ground of like, Harry, actually, the thing that I really need right now is X, Y, and Z because it will allow me to go and sell A, B, and C. Yep. So you kind of go, then we went, okay, let's let's negotiate a little bit. Let's work out what you can do for what I need without missing your deadlines for clients. Uh, and having that relationship with a member of the team so they know what they're doing, you understand what's crucial to the business, and then finding a middle ground is key. I think where Richard's at at the moment is he is just heads down doing all the tasks himself and because he hasn't uh, delegated anything because there's there'll be like these moments that happen and it happened for me um what was the last one uh, i can't remember but i remember like in the last couple of weeks like just something happened like i either opened the app up and there was a couple of new deals in there or the weekly email went out and i had nothing to do with it mm. like i didn't even know it was taking place and that's like magic for a ceo honest to god it's like wow like uh but that shows that the team know what what's important and they've worked together because it was either like some imagery from you or something on the website from Matt and then Edie's pushed it out. Like the team has then got together and understand actually this thing's important to the business. Let's get this done. Let's push it out. And when stuff like that happens, it really makes you value like, yes, let's educate these guys. Let's help them understand what's important to the business. Uh, and then from there, they can trust them to make their own decisions. Uh, and I think that's what Richard needs to do. He hasn't had that moment yet of like, wow, when I, when I spend an hour this week, I get an hour back every week. Yeah. And I think that's the mentality of having to go in. I spend an hour with this employee. I hand over this task efficiently with really clear direction because that hour is not wasted because it will give me 52 hours back every year. Yeah, and that, and that was kind of something I was just going to jump onto there because he's been by himself. Every task just needs doing at some point. So there is no sense of... Um, like he doesn't know what he can delegate right now. So by having a good sit down and kind of discussing the new role of the employee as well, um, he can <laughs> he can quantify what needs to be done by himself and what needs to be done by his employees. Yep. So it'll, it'll, like you say, it will just get more efficient as time goes on because he realizes that he can pass these tasks off and then that other guy can cover those things every time they come through the funnel Comple so he can just yeah. focus on what he needs to completely and and don't forget richard there's also the flip side of this it's the guy you've hired uh very few people want to do literally and this sounds counterintuitive but it's true uh, very few people want to walk into a job and do sweet fa they want to actually do mm. something day to day that's probably interesting and probably challenging <laughs> um so there is a risk that if you don't hand stuff over that this person is going to get frustrated and annoyed and want to leave and if you've gone through the energy and effort of hiring someone you think they're a good fit spend the time with them to make sure you onboard them correctly and that's the thing that i've learned um so there's that uh, and just as a little side note from me is one thing that i do now um and i remember meeting a guy way back when i've actually still got the post-it note that um like a little bit of paper that he, he wrote this on is every sunday night he because sunday night's a great time to like plan because you haven't got uh there's no fires to put out like monday morning seven o'clock fires like little little kindle like it starts kindling and it starts getting uh, getting there and then all of a sudden by eight o'clock there's fires to put out of the business it just happens when you get to when you scale a little bit uh, but Sunday night there's no fires so the advice that I got from a guy called Rob um, I can't remember his surname he's an investor down in London um, he basically said every Sunday I sit down and work out the three biggest things that I don't want to do mm -hmm. but I know are important to the business and that might be uh closing a new deal or cold calling 50 customers or whatever it is like the three biggest ugliest tasks that if i do nothing else in the week nothing else on my to-do list but if i do those three things it's been a successful week 
and then he just basically puts those on his board, comes into his desk, puts it on a little, I can't remember what the name of the cards are, they're like the things you do for school revision. Puts one of those things, puts it on his flash desk. Cards. Flash, flash cards. cards. Puts it on his Never desk. Never used them myself, but... What grade did you get? Only playing, let's not go there. Uh, yeah, I know you did, that's why I didn't want to go there. <laughs> I know you did well, Harrison. <laughs> uh, I went Harrison then as well, wow. Um, but he used to put it on his desk uh, and and as a reminder of what's important because when things come in, uh, as especially in Richard's position, he's just going to be very reactive all the time. And I've tried to be less reactive. And to be honest, it pisses people off. Uh, because people in the team will need something or a a member will call me or a client will call me and if, I, if I've if i got a project of work that I need to do for three hours my phone is in my desk it's face down you can't get hold of me I'm off the grid but selfishly that's how I've been able to get my important stuff done and it just that's a, that's a good thing to follow though because I, I'm the same like people will ask something of me and if you allow it to interrupt I find anyway, if I allow something to interrupt my flow, it actually takes me longer to get back in the yeah, rhythm yeah. of the task that I'm doing. And then that whole project or task takes even longer because you're like, where, 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 what, what was I doing? What was I doing? Because I've just done something else. I was in a completely different mindset. So you just, if you're flipping and flopping. But I learned that from Tyab. costs. We had a UI UX guy in here and we were talking to him about this and I explained, we were just talking about the business in general. We spoke about something around this area and he was like, in between the changing of tasks he was talking about when you're asking people in the app to do different things he was like um it was something to do with the journey of uh when you when you walk people through a funnel uh you need to make it extremely clear of what they've already previously done because there's a thing called this co- there's cognitive load if you're asking people to remember where they were in a previous task then that weighs on them mm. and there's only a limited amount of things people do so when you get frustrated in a user experience it's often because you've been asked to either remember or you've got something in the back of your head that you need to be aware of. And you're double back on yourself to... And you've got to come back on that loop. So that, <clears throat> that cognitive load of, of that whole thing, and I dug into it because I find it really interesting. Um, that's That feels like what you're talking about is when, yeah. you, when you jump in between tasks, you then got to remember, I was, at, I was at this part of this project, and I'll do this thing on customer support, but I've got to go back to mm. that. So it means you probably don't do that customer support 100% because you've got well, this in the back you, of your head. You, you're literally in flows, aren't you? So when, when you're in a single project, your mind is, like you say, fully focused on the task that you're doing. But then as soon as someone asks you to do something that is literally completely different to yep. where you're at, you either have to dump all the memory of, <laughs> of the project you're on and focus on that new task, or you end up doing something that's worse and it's keeping them both, like you say, in the back of your mind. Yeah. So you're thinking, right, I've still got this project I need to go back to. But also, I'm giving you 25% of my brain capacity or cognitive load or whatever you yep. call it, which is pretty interesting, actually. I'd like to speak to that time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's why you shouldn't uh, multitask. Yeah. It's, it's, anyway. it's exactly yeah. <laughs> It's exactly I, sh- I know I shouldn't. <laughs> it, no, for me. And uh, it, it, it just makes a huge impact. And I know mm. it can be frustrating for some people. But at the end of the day, as the CEO and, and the founder, as you build the team up and you have more responsibilities there's a risk that you come into the business and just be reactive and do the stuff that is going to like tick the business along that's not your job but your job is to grow the business Um, because then everyone else in the business business benefits the more you grow the business the more resources you can afford so the more tasks that actually get done and it's a whole uh, nice little uh, virtual loop that keeps going around Um, so Richard, I hope this helps. It's gone on longer than I expected it to, to be honest. But it's a really, it's a really interesting question. Was there anything else on that, Harry? That- uh, no, I mean, I, I guess just kind of the take home is um, the whole like the the Monday meeting that we do. If you can kind of just schedule in time at the beginning of every week or at the end of every week, just to really focus on on the tasks that need to be done by each of them, because there's currently now two of them. Um, yep. 
just just try and optimize your time and and <laughs> obviously because he's never delegated before he's gonna have to get used to that um but i guess you just got to kind of dive feet first into that one and get stuck in i'm gonna try and add a couple of things in what you just said remind me of a few things um so one make your list of the three biggest priorities that you need to do mm-hmm. uh on a sunday night i think that's a really good takeaway um two is um again this is something from another podcast which i i used to do and it helped uh with the issue that i, I spoke about when the, the the guys joined the team a couple of years ago is that it said make a make a list of three things so uh get an a4 piece of paper and just draw it uh put two lines down split it into three columns and on the left hand side is the stuff that only you can do in the business and in the middle is the stuff that you uh the stuff that you don't like to do but you can still only do and on the right hand side is the stuff that anyone can do in the business and as he's going through have that on his desk and have as he does tasks throughout the next week is start bucketing things in so like the stuff that only I can do in the business is close a partner deal mm-hmm. uh, the stuff that I like to do as an example is uh, I like to play in Final Cut I like to play in Photoshop mm-hmm. uh and the stuff that uh, other people can do is the post, argument's sake. And then when I look at that as a week, an example would be, uh, that's not my job being in Final Cut or being in Photoshop. So then I move it off to mm-hmm. your list, for example. Okay. And it'll just make him aware of the stuff that he's doing in the business and it'll take his ego out of it because my ego is like, oh, I can only do, it's only me that can do everything. Uh, and that's what you like yeah. as a founder. Uh, and it'll make him... Uh, be able to share responsibilities and have that list open with his new employee. Like, here's what I'm doing every single week that you probably don't know about. Uh, I'm going to try and move some of this across to you. And another thing is, is what I made the biggest mistake of is I didn't want to move shit tasks across to a new employee. So I thought, oh, that's a really crap task. Uh, I don't ask Matt to do it. But uh, you're the founder. Like, there's you need to deal with the really big, hard problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, the smaller problems, are the, the the stuff that has less impact on the business, that the, the team need to look after, uh, and that's why you've hired them. So don't be uh, like sensitive to so actually, and and just tell them. I know this isn't fun, but it's two hours a week, and I haven't got that time, and I need you to look after it. And here's the process: go and do that. Uh, that's what being a boss is. And I th- and I think just <laughs> we can talk about this on another episode. But kind of that that whole process will probably aid in highlighting tasks that are wasting everyone's time eventually. Uh, or highlight the fact you might need another person to well, cover specific tasks. Were you in our yearly, and this is a nice feeder onto a future episode, but you you, you were in our yearly review last yeah, year. Yeah, the, so, the whiteboards. The whiteboards, the and we're doing that again next week, and we can do this on a show if you want to talk about that in terms of how we end the year mm. to plan for the next. We literally got magic whiteboards, these things, and we said, guys, okay, so I want you to write down every task you do day to day. And yeah. I'm really interested. I do remember f- that. I've got the photos of that. Write down all it's the a really tasks. awkward thing, though. It's like, what do I do yeah, all yeah. day long? <laughs> um, a, but it's a really good task. We say, tell me everything that you do. And then, then you split the little, oh, it's little, it's a big A3 thing. And you say, okay, everything that you think is uh, important to the business, put at the top. Everything that you think is not important to the business, put at the bottom. Uh, or however we split it. Yeah, and we yeah. can talk about that mm-hmm. on the next weeks. But it was a really, like, mind, it opened us all up to be like, holy crap. We're all doing 50% of the work that we actually don't think is important to what mm. we do day to day. So let's review it. Yeah. We can talk about it on another show. Yeah. Harry. They can they? email. They can get in touch if they email Harrison at experttrades.com or they can reach us on the Gram Startup Podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm confident as that. I'm always confident as that. Always confident. Uh, and guys, if you would like to be on the show, 
if you we are looking for guests now uh, we are wanting to share more experiences we've had such good feedback with what Dan's working on um, if you didn't hear the end of uh, last week's episode the last one we put out one thing that we're really passionate about doing on this show is um, me and Harry don't know everything we don't know much uh, but we try and share the stuff that we do uh, so you guys can learn from our mistakes and anything that we're doing that is successful you guys can just copy uh, but the key thing is that we want to do around this is build a community around the podcast because there's so many people that reach out to us that are working on interesting things and the real value that we can add is bringing you all together uh, so if you would like to be on the show and share some experiences regardless whether you've got an idea and you want to come on the show and just pitch the business have a bit of fun get on skype pitch us what the idea is we'll go backwards and forwards in a live environment and we can sort of uh, think uh, share some ideas of one from my perspective of how to pitch and secondly harry in terms of like does this even sound like a good idea <clears throat> from a retail customer's perspective if it's that sort of product um all the way through to you've got a business and you want to share some things that you've done that have been successful or failed regardless of where you are in the journey this podcast is for those people that are in the process of thinking about building or building if you've already made it and you're already hugely successful there's probably loads of other podcasts that would welcome you on we are really trying to focus on the people that are in the middle of that building process at the moment so get in contact drop us an email we're building this little form up that will send you back as a link that will basically say to talk about yourself what do you want to talk about on the show we'll get you booked in and we'll get you on the show we're looking to start next year with a bang with some fantastic guests are we doing a new year special episode I think we should sound effects artwork fireworks we need new artwork we're mm. working on that let's work on yeah, it now in process